0: I remember um, taking my young son Greg, Gregory Omari Williams, gal bass, to a concert at Mahaffey, featuring one of his heroes, an electric bass player, and I remember somewhere in the concert my son gets out of his seat and kind of disappears all of a sudden. I go, what's going on? And I look and I see this head bouncing and right down the center aisle. And I realize that's my son. He's running down the center aisle at Mahaffey Theater and he's headed straight for the stage. And this feature bass player is sitting on a stool playing solo electric bass, kind of flamenco style and everything else just all over the bass. And I remember hearing this little voice scream, you're not fair, you're not fair. No other bass players can do that. You're just not fair. And I went, oh my God, we're gonna get kicked out of here. We're gonna go to jail. My son just offended. Stanley Clark, how could he do that? And of course Stanley looked at him and laughed out loud and kept playing because Stanley knew he wasn't fair. Stanley knew he was doing stuff other bass players couldn't do and he was having fun doing it. (laughs) That's right. Now Stanley Clark, he had this curious little journey from Philadelphia to the stage that he happy in St. Peter all those years ago. Um, Stan was born like 1951 in Philadelphia, raised by his mom, who would walk around the house singing opera. Yeah, black woman singing opera. And uh, of course, my mom liked opera too. And uh, yeah, she was a maid, but she had her class now, like my opera. And um, she also, Uh, Stanley's mom sang in the church choir, as my mom had sung in the church choir. Of course, she didn't have any choice because her father was a preacher, so she had to sing in the church choir. But that's how Stanley's musical infancy began, his mother singing opera and singing in the church choir. Somehow his mother had a different idea about what a young black kid should be doing musically because the first instrument she gave him was an accordion. Now, they don't say much about that in his bio. I'd imagine the accordion did not last very long. But then she gave him a violin. And I guess that lasted for a few years. But you see, by the time Stanley Clark was 12 years old, he was over six foot tall. And this violin looked like a little toy and his hand was so big that he had a, a whole lot of, a hard time just playing in tune because he had a claw and this thing required a more dainty hand and he didn't have one of those. So one day as the story goes, he discovered another violin, the bass violin standing in a corner and he walks over and he grabs it and it fits And that was the beginning of a great story, because he got serious about that string bass, the acoustic bass, that stand-up bass, to the point that he studied seriously in school, orchestrally, all the classical literature, took private lessons, and everything else. And he was actually a teenager before he ever touched an electric bass, and he only played the electric bass So he could play at parties and things like that and get to hang out with the chicks, that was it. But his gig was the acoustic bass. Now, after high school, he went to school locally in Philadelphia, Uh, good schools in Philadelphia. Philadelphia is a great jazz scene. Uh, He ended up uh, at uh, a school that became University of the Arts. And uh, while he was there, uh, he encountered a mentor, a older student who had already been in the armed forces and had already been on tour with Duke Ellington for a few years, and had come back home to Philly only to discover that he couldn't teach even though he was one of the most talented musicians on the planet because he didn't have a degree. So this elder safeman on the base was there just to get that four-year degree so he could teach public school. (laughs) That was John Lamb, another local personality that we all know here within the Clearwater Jazz Holiday family. Uh, And, of course, John was a guy who, when I first came to this town uh, back in 81, I think the very first gig I played, I played with John. So we have been friends for a long time. Hey, Mr. Lamb, how you doing? I gotta call him Mr. because it's like that. Um, And that little bass player who ran up to the stage, that's my son Greg, and John Lamb taught him. Well, John actually, was talking bass with Stanley, and Stanley's a younger student, and they hang out in practice rooms. And sometimes Stanley would play the piano, and John would play the bass. And sometimes John would play the piano, and Stanley would play the bass. And they had this kind of a impromptu, informal relationship going that was mutually beneficial to the two of them. Um, after graduation from university. Uh, Sandy Clark became the only black musician in the Philadelphia Orchestra. The only one. Funny thing is, I like to talk about parallels and corollaries. That same little son who ran up to complain about Sandy Clark, now lives in New Jersey, and he actually drives down to Philadelphia uh, once a month to study with a bass player who has replaced Stanley Clark as the only black musician in the Philadelphia Orchestra's string section because there are now other blacks uh, in the orchestra. Uh, But yeah, these connections, they continue to happen because it is such a small community of musicians. Back is Stanley Clark. He's playing in a Philadelphia Orchestra. He's classical bass only, playing acoustic bass. And it's all going well. And then all of a sudden, in walks Chick. Chick career that is. And Chick has a different idea. You can really play the bass. And I'm doing some complicated music. I got this band I'm gonna start. It's gonna be called Return to Forever and I really need you in it. And Stanley is playing acoustic bass at this time. Not electric, I mean he plays it, but not really, you know. And so this is the early Return of Ever, before Al DiMiello, with Flora Purim and Ieto Miubera and Joe Farrell. You know, Joe Farrell, a great sax player. And Sandy Clark was in that first iteration of Return of Forever. And um, soon, uh, you know, uh, Yeto leaves, and Flora Purim leaves, and Joe Farrell leaves, and they start their own group. And uh, actually, Stanley Clark recorded with Joe Farrell because um, uh, I remember the first time I ever heard of Stanley Clark. Uh, he was listed as a sideman on a Joe Farrell album, and he was playing acoustic bass, Now I remember going, who in the heck is that playing that acoustic bass like that? My God, what a technique. And he was kind of like the uh, Christmas bride of his day. I mean, just unbelievable technique on acoustic bass. Well, that group of musicians left, and then Steve Gagg comes in and out and finally returned to Forever, settles on the Real Fusion group with Lenny White. And Stanley Clark, who was always there, but this time he's playing that slingshot now, baby. And of course, the 19 year old Al DiMiola. And Stanley's stock rises. Unbelievable group, unbelievable bass player. And everybody wants a piece of Stanley Clark. And Stanley, listen to him and he may do a session with him or a concert or a little tour or this and that, but he stayed loyal to Returner Forever for several years. He liked working with Chick, he liked working with the other guys in the group, and he stayed for as long as the group uh, existed, I think, somewhere in 76, 77 uh, in that area. But then he started doing all kinds of things. I mean, you know, rock and roll likes guys that can play a lot of notes. You all know that, you know? So everybody, the Rolling Stones, they want some of Stanley Clark, yeah. People who play with the doors, they want some of Stanley Clark. People who play with the police, they want some of Stanley Clark. Everybody wants some of Stanley Clark. So now Stanley is becoming this rock star as well. Uh, This guy who started out playing acoustic bass in symphonies with the Philadelphia Orchestra is now playing rock and funk and having a whole lot of fun doing it. And then the solo albums of which there were many where he almost like um, other great virtual souls, uh, designed music, composed music, to feature his unbelievable technical prowess on the bass. And um, that was the period in which uh, my son and I uh, saw him at, uh, uh, in St. Pete. And I'm telling you, just unbelievable player. Uh, I mean, what he can do by himself for the bass is, is like, and, you know, and not with the ring modulators and the uh, technical things that Jocko would use, but just plain fingers, man. Just digging in and doing it. Stanley was this amazing bass player. Um, and he's a legend uh, among bass players and most certainly among the African-American uh, community, uh, as if you go to the uh, Museum of African American History in Washington DC, you will find one of Stanley Clark's bases on permanent display there. That is Stanley's significance to the African American community as well. It uh, doesn't matter he played in the symphony and he did this and that he is a black man who has done, Incredible things, and we respect that no matter what arena he has chosen to do those uh, incredible things in. Uh, Stanley is a composer, he's done music for television, uh, for radio, for movies, for all genres from classical to jazz to fusion to rock and he continues to be a major force in American music today, improvisational music today. Um, He even had a uh, album, he's not shy, uh, where he put himself uh, with two other bass players, uh, both African-Americans by the way who incurred incredible bass players. So he recorded this album with himself, Marcus Miller, and Victor Wooten. The group was called SMV. (laughs) Yeah, you'll get that joke tomorrow, SMV. And uh, there was a group called SWV, that's what I'm trying to say. He called his SMV. Uh, Stanley, Marcus, and Victor, that's what that was. So Stanley was always reaching out to the younger generation of bass players as well, trying to elevate their stock as well, and we appreciate Stanley's spirit and his generosity and his leadership in uh, exploring uh, new frontiers and creating new horizons for all musicians, especially those who play the bass, both acoustic and Electric. From Philadelphia to St. Petersburg, Florida, by way of concerts and its connection to the legendary Mr. John Lamb, ladies and gentlemen, that's my story about Mr. Stanley Clark. Thank you very much.